Are you an upper bottom? Have you heard of the term? It means your boozing's brought you close to disaster, but not rock bottom yet. Well, if you think you're an upper bottom, please come and join us. That's Ollie Pickup, an award-winning journalist and my party partner in crime for many years. And he's Dan Orsessi, a.k.a. Sess, a publican turned podcaster. As we take a clear-eyed look at drinking and going sober. Expect warming wisdom and hearty honesty with shots of hilarity each week as we share embarrassing drinking tales and unusual observations on this journey without alcohol. We'll also have expert guests revealing secrets of the science behind alcohol addiction, plus interviews with fellow non-drinkers, and we'll be considering how our society and culture are absolutely saturated in booze. We're living proof getting sober doesn't have to be dull and dreary. No tragic rock-bottom tales here. Just bittersweet truths served with a refreshing splash of humour for anyone rethinking their relationship with alcohol. Bottoms up, let the fun begin. Cheers. Cheers. And here we are, episode one, Sess. Yeah, how you doing, Ollie? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's a Monday after the first weekend of Six Nations Rugby, which traditionally would be quite boozy for me. Of course. I'd do dry January, then I'd look at the fixtures and think, well, yeah, who are England playing? Quite fancy finding a nice boozer <laughs> to go and watch that in with some mates. And, and you've deserved it. You've yeah, you deserved it. You'd, you'd sort of got through 21, 31 days even. Mm. And um, yeah, you 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 get stuck in but yeah a bit different this year it's the first <laughs> well I've, I've been sober for for 10 months now mm. and uh friday well when, when was the first of february was it friday it was maybe thursday mm. and i celebrated by having almost a whole packet of flumps you know those <laughs> sweets but that, i mean that's the problem i don't know i've been so good i, I didn't have much caffeine or any caffeine or much sugar in January, instead of not having any booze, and uh, <laughs> that was my my equivalent of having a having a night out. Wow! So yeah, I mean, for me, so it's my second January in a row without um, an alcoholic beverage. So I, I spent the last sort of weekend fielding comments on. Okay, so you've done that now, and you've done that, and my partner had just done dry Jan. So yeah, I guess if any. Time would have been one where I would have had a drink. It would have been this weekend. But knowing I was recording this podcast was um, was was reason enough for me not to, amongst many other reasons which we will come to. Yeah, um, yeah, and we've got so much to talk about. And we have started um, our Instagram posts now. We've got Instagram handle Upper Bottom Podcast. Can't be many of them about. Well, actually, you know what? I tried to go for upper bottom and someone has taken that. So <laughs> I didn't click on it. I'm a bit worried to find out what, yeah. what actually that one's all about. But uh, yeah, upper bottom podcast. You can find some, well, one post at the moment so far. Mm-hmm. Maybe by the time this goes out into the big wide world, there might be a few others. And on that, it was actually done on the 1st of um, February around dry January. And there were some stats that I'm going to share here now from Alcohol Change UK uh, the charity, and hopefully we're going to be hearing from the, mm. the CEO in a few weeks, actually. But um, this year, there were more people, uh, more people downloaded the app. Um, I, did you ever do that, the Dry January app? I don't actually know what you, does it, I think do you track your drinks? You track, yeah, you, you, I think you track your drinks, which mm. um, 
yeah i mean there's there's lots of apps out aren't there out there that that help one moderate their drinking and i think they're very successful for lots of people the the other stat that stood out for me the british beer and pub association um had a sample size i think it was about 2000 people but they they had 11% of people in that sample size wanting to stay dry or january and a third were doing it for the third time so mm. you know well done you if you made it and uh, mm. Well done you as well if you're interested in, in continuing, I suppose. Mm. Um, have you got any friends who are continuing? Well, funnily enough, I did speak to someone um, on the weekend who had done Dry Jan and actually had just decided to continue based upon feeling better in themselves and liked the results thus far, um, which was you know pretty much the same as how I felt last year, actually. Mm. So um, I did mention we would be recording this and perhaps... They can share their thoughts based upon uh, whatever insights we can uncover. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I had a couple of friends who've, who've been in touch and, uh, well, one wanted to go out on Saturday night um, and, and he wants to continue staying dry. And, and I was away this weekend, um, so I couldn't make it. Anyway, I texted him today saying, how did it go? You know, first big night out sober. And he said, well, I didn't, I didn't manage it, actually. I didn't find a wingman. Mm. So I just fancied staying in, and I understand that. Um, and instead, he went for a massive cycle ride on Sunday morning, got up at the crack of dawn, and so, so that's quite nice as well. Um, but it's worth bearing in mind, we're not going to be too sort of stat-heavy here, but this, this is another stat that caught my eye. The average, and this is from Alcohol Change UK again, the average drinker spends upwards of £62,000 on alcohol during their lifetime. Mm. Um, and one in five drinkers consider alcohol an essential item. I know. I, you, you mentioned that stat to me the other day. And I, I think that last one was the one that probably made me feel slightly uncomfortable in, in that, you know, I, I don't know how many, however many of the listeners out there, when considering their purchases around the supermarket would would consider that box of beers or the the glass or sorry, the bottle or two of wine to be essential whatever that word means uh, i think certainly i i probably did on, on on some level but yeah something we can return to in, in the weeks ahead i think yeah i actually tried um non-alcoholic wine for the first time this mm. weekend and you, i can see that look <laughs> i was actually Pleasantly surprised. Great. Well, show me more. Well, yeah, exactly. So we'll be uh, we'll be doing a plug for for wines that we find along the way, maybe, and definitely non-alcoholic beers along mm. the way. I must mm. say that's what sustained me mm. um, finding a, a fantastic range of non-alcoholic and low-alcoholic beers. But uh, anyway, let's get mm. on to what we're all about. Yeah. What is an the upper bottom? The question of this episode is what is mm. an upper bottom? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you should, you should take this one on to start with, because I'd, I'd never heard of the term until you, until you mentioned it. So yeah, please, um, please tell well, the I, listeners. I just, I, so yeah, almost exactly a year ago, I'd done dry January, you know, probably hit it hard over the first six nations weekend. Um, <laughs> and the year before that I turned 40 and I, I, was, I had a great year, lots of partying, lots of fun. And in February and March, I just felt myself slipping and looking for an excuse to, to go out and drink. And it was, it was the end of March. Yeah, it was the end of March. And there was an end of term party. 
that my son was invited to. And I went along and it was a Friday. So I was looking after my daughter on Fridays and I'd already had a couple of tinnies mm. uh, before heading over to this house at one o'clock where there were just going to be kids who just finished school, lots of parents, um, you know, people having a glass or two of Prosecco mm. um, or, you know, a couple of beers. And I there, I, I tipped up with a, with a whole bag full of tinnies and in the space of two hours, man, you know, bearing in mind I'd already had a, a head start, managed to get through about eight to ten tinnies. And so, I don't know, by the end of it, I was obviously fairly on the way and trying to get these nine-year-olds to tell me the best jokes and stuff and telling them probably inappropriate jokes in return. Mm. And I don't know, I think my wife Claire got a few texts saying, oh, you know, Ollie, Zolly, what's all this about sort of thing. And, and I just remember looking at myself in the mirror mm. Uh, having to inevitably take a leak after taking down all that liquid and thinking, what on earth are you doing? Has that happened? How has that happened? Do I have a problem? Mm. So I called up the Alcoholics Anonymous hotline, uh, you know, pretty anxious with a fair amount of trepidation, you know, what does this mean? What does a lifetime Mm. or or at least a period of time without drinking look like? And I got a very uh, reassuring call handler mm. who told me, oh, well, look, no, there's been no tragic, no crisis has happened. Mm. You're what we call an upper bottom. <laughs> did, you, was, did, did you laugh at this point? I think I did. I think it's natural <laughs> to laugh, right? I did. I, it, was, it was sort of reassuring and amusing. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because, you know, she said you're an upper bottom because you haven't reached rock bottom. Mm. You haven't, you know... And, um, and rock bottom is the term, I suppose. If there is one term that we all know, that that's it. So it's like a gradient system, is there? Okay. Well, that's what that's how mm. they classify mm. it. And usually, you know, you you hit rock bottom, whether or not that's you know mm. some some tragedy happens mm. in your life. Yeah. Um, you know. Anyway, so so she said, you know, we we're actually, you know, there are quite a few upper bottoms, and I thought, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Um. I went along to a few AA meetings in the first month. And I mean, my day job is a, is a journalist. And I don't know if anyone's been to an AA meeting, but it's, it's about an hour long. It's really friendly. Everyone's really welcoming. Um, there, it starts off pretty much with, with a four, 35, 40 minute story of someone who's mm. had, had a tragedy, hit mm. rock bottom, and tells you that story and tells you the steps to recovery. Um, and some of these stories are fascinating. I'm, I, I'm not really supposed to go into it, but it became it became apparent that I, I'm not at that mm. level, mm. anywhere near that level. Which was on on the one hand reassuring for you, one, one yeah, would I imagine. Think so I mean, it, I, it just it was also frightening to see the grip that alcohol mm. does have on on people. Right. And you know, there were, there were people who would talk about having to clear. There was there was a lady who used sort of hand sanitizer and was was right. alarmed to find that it had alcohol in it because it gave her the sort of urge to want wow. to go to the pub. There were people mm. who couldn't go to the pub mm. because of the temptation to, to you know to drink was was too significant. Mm. Um, so I stopped going after about you know four weeks and actually I, I should have stopped going really after the first or second because mm. it it was obvious. But the, the journalistic intrigue mm. and curiosity kept me going. Uh, but as I say, I shouldn't kind of go into into those stories too much. But every one of them could have been made into a kind of quite a tragic mm, yeah. movie, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, people escaping rehab in, you know, let's say, South Africa and, and 
going across, you know, the countryside for hundred miles just to get a drink with wow. barefoot, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, well, actually, this isn't where I'm at. That's nowhere near where I'm at. Yeah. Um, and well, you know, you're you're a couple of months ahead of me mm. now, and it, and it really is a journey, isn't it? So, how yeah. looking back now on on why you stopped, what what do you think? Well, there wasn't um, the. I think it was the it was the Winter World Cup, and uh, I found myself watching a couple of um, minnows, let us say, on a on a Tuesday evening in November, and uh, with a couple of tennies. And my wife caught me, and she goes, "Oh, what are you doing? You're drinking on a Tuesday?" Because we, you know, tended to try and not drink in the week as much as possible. And I said, "Well, it's the World Cup." And she gave me the look that was like, mm, you know, Serbia versus whoever else it was playing. Um, and I thought, and I said just out loud without thinking about it, I said, well, it'll be January soon and I'll be doing dry January. So I, I kind of made this commitment without thinking about it. She never mentioned it again. I didn't mention it. So I thought I got away with it. And of course, on the 30th of uh, December, she mentions it. So I was just like, oh, okay, right. I'm in it. So I'd done it the year <laughs> before. Uh, so I then made the decision to drink as much as I possibly could on New Year's Eve with the um, with the goal of making myself so sick of booze, it would be easier to not drink it mm. in jam. Uh, yeah, and as I you know started on the third bottle of sparkling wine at three in the morning on uh, you know on New Year's Eve, that 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 certainly helped. But yeah, there was one occasion that I think that in retrospect um, cemented for me the idea that you know I had to have a little word with myself. So I, you know, I had a friend, or have a friend rather, and, and he'd had a you know, a really scary uh, cancer diagnosis. Um, and the doctors had, had told him in no uncertain terms, you're okay, you are going to be all right, but you, you really can't drink again. And, and, we're, and we're talking not ever again because you're really predisposed with these sorts of cancers because of, you know, your genetic makeup and it's just too risky for you. And, and the, the reality of my take on this at, at the time wasn't oh my goodness my poor friend he's ill I mean I'm sure I did think that but I, I remember thinking to myself how on earth could he be given that sentence of not being able to drink again and it kept on coming back to me in, in January and then in February and subsequently and it, it made me realize that that was not a healthy way to think about drink I share that story yeah. with lots of people yeah. and, and the, the reaction I get from most people is well it's true that's how I feel which kind of, yeah, led to this and us talking to each other and, yeah, the, the whole idea of a journey every, every month one doesn't drink. I found I've learned more about myself and my relationship with, with alcohol and myself and, mm. you know, socialising, all sorts of things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still in the place where I don't think I've finished learning the lessons that I've, that I've been given. Yeah. Um, and, and I've yet to come across the occasion that justifies a drink, I suppose. Um, 13 months in yeah and that's great and and it really is a journey I, I, of course and, and just for for the record you, you've not ever been anywhere near rock bottom you know? no I, I really don't think so no I mean uh, as, as we said in the intro I think we, we met each other and, and had a shared affinity with, with lots of things but we were certainly quite often the last people at the party yeah yeah um, uh, so I, I think I'm, yeah, certainly predisposed to keep going longer than most would. But no, I, I think if you were to ask my family and friends, I, I don't think they would have said, oh, yeah, watch out, you know, because Dan's got a problem. But yeah, um, yeah this is something that I've, 
I've learned since becoming sober, actually. One of the things that's amazed me and continues to amaze me, there was, there was quite a nice um, quote on, uh, there's an Instagram handle called Drop the Bottle, which, mm. is, which is quite a good one to follow. And it said, you will achieve more in one year of sobriety than you would in the previous decade of, of drinking. And it, I don't know, it really feels like that. I wouldn't have got up and done a podcast. No. I've done crazy things like get my ear pierced. People joke that <laughs> it's when you're drunk, that's when you usually get your ear pierced. But there's other things as well, professionally and yeah. personally, that I've just been putting off, I think, mm. because mm. of the booze. Yeah. Um, for various reasons. And I, I, I don't know, I just think people are a... You know, we, we know each other through school we've got Mm. kids in the same year at school and actually during lockdown um a group of dads at the school we got together and we would our our lockdown was punctuated by going to the the local park and (laughs) you know having titties in the park and listening to french hip-hop we totally regressed didn't we but 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 what's been amazing throughout this journey is when we've you know we we We've been the energizers. I don't think that's too boastful to say, but we've often arranged things. I mean, mm. social conveners, mm. let's say, yeah. rather than energizers. That's for <laughs> other people to judge, I suppose. But um, I remember going to the pub. When was it that we went to the? It was summer, wasn't it? It and was, there was summer. There's about eight or ten of us there, and obviously we were a few months into our yeah. journey. Yeah, and yeah, we looked around and. I think there was only two or three of the guys were drinking, weren't they? By the end of it, yes. they started the evening yes, that's drinking. Yeah. And then by the end of it, they were curious. So I think mm. there is something about, I don't know, people our age, maybe, you know, pe- parents with young kids mm. who who perhaps do want to, are curious about going sober. Mm. Um, there, was a, there was a stat here that, that I found interesting. Um, NHS, December 2022... 55% of adults in the UK had consumed alcohol in the previous week. Mm. 38% of 16 to 24-year-olds hadn't taken drink in the previous 12 months. Yeah. Now, I'm sort of thinking... It's a huge stat, that is, isn't it? I I'm just... I mean, that was... That's over a year old now, mm. so I don't know what the latest one is, but presumably that trajectory's still there. I'm just sort of thinking... I can't remember... You know, because of the booze, what I was doing when I was 24, but it definitely had booze involved. Yeah, I think um, it'd be really interesting to hear um, some listeners' takes on this, especially some of our younger listeners, in, you know, in what are the differences in, in the social landscape in, in regard to that. I mean, going to university in the, in the 90s, you know, it was very, very booze-sodden, and, and then into the world of work and, and all of those things, and... Yeah, you know, I was reflecting with a friend of mine, a friend I used to run a pub with, actually. You know, why, why is it taking me so long to even consider that there could be a life without booze? And if I'm honest, I, I think 20 years ago, I just don't think I even considered it as an option. Mm. I think alcohol permeates our society, our rites of passage, um, our significant dates to such an extent, I think it would be almost impossible. But... My feeling is, is that has changed. Uh, and for those, you know, people significantly younger, they don't have that whole baggage about the necessity of, of marking all these social rituals with alcohol. So maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe the lockdown, maybe the pandemic had something to do with that. I mean, the, the sort of social norms. It accelerated a lot of things, didn't it? And perhaps this was already a trend mm. within society that it's, that it's yeah, that it's accelerated. 
I we're going to talk about lots of different things in the upcoming mm. episodes. But one of the one of the key um, moments for me was actually going to the Champions League final. I'm mm. a Manchester City fan, and I went to Istanbul on my own, mm. and um, yeah, did it sober. But there was never any, you know, I was able to really revel in the atmosphere. Mm. But instead of touching down, getting to mm. Istanbul, grabbing a beer at whatever ten o'clock in the morning, and I ended up having a sort of nice ham and massage, <laughs> a bit of tourism and that sort of thing. And it just really enriched the the, the experience. But we, look, we're not judging anyone. No, we're, of we're not, not going to be sort of didactic no, about way. this. But Yeah, and I, and I think actually, let's, let's be honest, I mean, both of us are still kind of on the fence with this whole yeah. thing. We've not made yeah, any yeah. commitments. We haven't taken the, the pledge yeah. as, as such. It's just something that we're interested in. Um, yeah, you know, there was another guy that I bumped into at the weekend, and again, actually, I forgot to mention him. He, you know, is not drinking. He just said he was f- fatigued by booze. You know, that experience in December mm. where we partied out, and then oh, got another thing I got to go to. I've got to, you know, already feeling a little bit. Sick. December's so hard, isn't yeah. it? It's just you and can have three like, parties a day some days. Yeah, and, and having to drink through that, and you know, I, I still do remember that that feeling of being tired of drinking and. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember waking up quite a few times and thinking, it's not booze that's the problem, it's me that's the problem. Like, have I, have I fallen out of love with this? Mm. Am I kind of doing this because it's what I do rather than what I, what I want to do? And, and that still holds true for me, I think. Yeah. Well, maybe we, maybe we leave it there for episode one. Hopefully that explains mm. and answers the question, what is an upper bottom? Every every week we are going to have a section called Booze News as well. We'll see how this goes. Um, and it's just a roundup of some of the more interesting stats and, and news stories that, that piqued our interest. Mm. Um, and there was actually, there was one today that I haven't told you about before, but um, it was non-alcoholic Prosecco being served at a 13-year-old's party and uh, outrage okay. by parents. What do you think about that one? I think it's a really challenging one. So my partner's Swedish and I've got relatives in Spain. And, and, and my understanding of it is, and again, please correct me if I'm wrong, non-alcoholic beers and, and such have been very much part of those societies, you know, everyday life, longer than they have here, I think. Mm. And, and Clara told me, you know, they used to drink non-alcoholic beer as you know teenagers with a meal there. It wasn't a big deal. So I guess if, you know... Is if it if it is a soft drink, then that's okay. I guess the reason for the the outrage would be, you know, youngsters were being encouraged to get into the taste mm. or the, the whole experiential of alcohol, a bit like the candy cigarettes, which mm. you don't often mm. see at mm. you know, toy shops, yeah, yeah, uh, sweet Shame shops that, anymore. <laughs> um, but I, I imagine that was the the outrage. Um, what was the what was the news organ but what's, that, that well, reported the outrage? Well, it was that was that was the the mirror. But I'm sure yeah. other red tops might yeah. have uh, had a go um, at it as well. Um, I think it's interesting. I, I can't remember what the, I, I'm not up to date with the latest law. But it, didn't it used to be that on private land you could serve your kids? Aged eight and above was alcohol. Eight? I don't know. It was it was really young. Maybe right. eight was a bit too young. But right. maybe we'll come back to that and uh, do a bit more researching there. But yeah, that's I think that's an interesting one. Be uh, be great to hear your thoughts on it, um, dear listener. Mm. Um, 
what else? Oh yeah, there was. I mean, there's been loads of stuff around dry, dry January. Um, there was a there was a piece about a lady who saved eleven grand in two years through not drinking. She'd been spending four hundred quid a month on booze. That's so substantial. Is that a lot? I, I mean, mean like, you know how what? much do you think you were spending? Well, I mean, I suppose drinking socially has become very expensive, right? I mean, it's well, the pints. What you know? We're speaking to you from South East London, but I think re- realistically, you know, in this part of the country. You'd be lucky to get change out of a fiver, wouldn't you? Very lucky, yeah. Uh, in most establishments. I know it's different in other places, but I think the reality of going out with a few friends, you know, this is this is at the very least a £30, £40 mm, trip, mm, isn't it? Mm. Um, so all of a sudden then, the, the, the £100 a week doesn't sound quite so crazy, right? I guess not. I, I, you know, it, it was written in a way that said, oh, this is a great amount of money. But mm. when I look back on what I was spending, I don't know. I think it adds up, doesn't it? You know, a couple um, of bottles in the in the supermarket at the weekend and then a top up here and then a drink after get, work. You know, you've got friends coming over, yeah. so you can't be going dry there. So you get loads more in and you want to impress them. So you get some nice bottles of spirit and whatever else. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, There was there was also last week all this chat about Marcus Rashford Marcus. and I'm not I'm not saying this because I'm a you no. know a, a fan of the blue side no. in, in Manchester but I don't know like 12 hour bender Belfast called in sick mm. was obviously quite hungover yeah um he's 26 is he or something like he's a young lad really yeah I mean this this isn't this isn't newsworthy in, in almost any other profession one would imagine I think a lot of this has got to do with various parts of the media's views on Marcus sort of stepping outside the box, if you pardon the pun, in terms of his, you know... That was a good pun, that. <laughs> uh, pronouncements. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's been given a hard time here. But this is history repeating itself, right? You go back to Gaza, you go back to George Best. It seems like we do have a an enduring interest in, 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 in you know, watching our modern-day gladiators kind of be, be taken down a peg or two. Um, but maybe there's more to it with with Marcus Rashford because he championed, you know, free school lunches mm. and, and he's, he's he became this champ. So maybe people are looking to him... Higher standards. Yeah, to fail, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 feel, I feel sorry for the guy, but... Um, I think I do too. Yeah. Um, it feels a bit like he's been, he's been picked on a bit there. The, the, the last bit of the booze news for this week was um, how German beer sales were down 4.5% last year compared to the previous year. The stats office said that last year's sales were 11.3% lower than 10 years before that Mm. and 25% lower than in 1993. Now, I've never done the Oktoberfest over there, Mm. but... uh, Well, it's interesting that that this suggests that the kind of trends that we've talked about are um, in common with some of our um, continental neighbours, which wouldn't surprise me. As far as I understand, I think that drinking on the whole in our part of the world is in decline. Yeah. And, and the, um, the alcohol companies are increasingly targeting other markets. Yeah. Which, you know... Is, is, We're is, talking about Africa and... And Asia and, and such. Asia. Which, which kind of mirrors a lot of the behaviour that the tobacco companies did. Mm. So... Perhaps there's something there for the future as well. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. People are more aware of health. That's certainly true. And again, that's something that impacts my day job as, you know, working in the, in the food industry. 
Um, just people are a lot more savvy about their choices. And, and I think that for a long time, people were holding on to the idea of this one glass of wine can be good to you. I think it's very hard to find anyone that's going to stand up and say that now. I think there's an acceptance that the stuff is bad for you. I yeah. mean, of course, moderation would be better than overdoing it. But um, yeah, perhaps perhaps that's part of it. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, we're going to leave it there, I think. Um, but please do get in touch. We're, we're looking to share your anecdotes, your experiences, your feedback, obviously, on, on how you think it's gone today. You can email us at upperbottompodcast at gmail.com. I mentioned the Instagram handle, which is upperbottompodcast. Mm. Um, it'd be quite good to get some voice notes as well. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, we don't actually have a, a phone number, but maybe you can email your voice notes to upperbottompodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'd love to play, play your stories. Thank you very much for listening. And well, cheers. Yeah, cheers. See you next time. Bye. Thank you.